are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report, Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night war, war Room, room. With, your host, with your host, C. Doe. It's your boy C. The Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ike Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday Night War Room. Let's go! War Eagle, War Report family, happy Wednesday, happy hump day to you guys. Thanks again for tuning in to the latest Wednesday Night War Room. Also, shout out to the War Report family and community. Guys, help us grow by sharing this video on social media using hashtag get your weight up help people find our content it helps us as well so definitely do your part and share this video guys the the word that we got from watch the film this week is that even though it was rough to watch people enjoyed it and you guys had opportunity to dissect the film from the penn state game just as we get into Georgia State Week, I just want to get your feelings on on where we are as a program. Just kind of how you feeling this week. I'll start with you, B. Watching that film was, was hard, man. It was hard. It was hard. We saw some some sky cam shots floating around the web too, and that was even harder because it showed stuff that wasn't visible on the tape that we had to break down at the time. That I was like, oh man, what if we had? Oh man. Anyway, listen, <laughs> I'm gonna be positive. Be positive. I am I am positive. I, I actually am. It, it really takes me about three days to get over a loss. And it's not just any loss. Sometimes we didn't stand a chance. We've lamented that. But a game we could have won hurts me more than a game we had no chance in, if it's a loss. And this was a game that was winnable. So I am encouraged because we all picked at the beginning of the season – Here's what we think is going to happen. And half of us, we nobody, I mean, Mike went 10 and two, you know, God bless him, you know, but uh, we had three. I had three. Ike had three. I think, see, you had five losses. So listen, mm-hmm. we knew that Penn State was going to be part of the plan, that there was going to be a learning experience. And even though it was winnable, I'm centered now remembering that that was the learning experience we thought it was going to be. So I'm hopeful and, and, and giving coaches the benefit of the doubt because I have no reason to doubt them yet. This was our first real test, and some we passed, some we lost. I'm just looking forward to the rest of the season now. That was one of your wins, right, that you predicted preseason, B? Was that one of the nine? I said that we would win and lose the first two road games. So if we won Penn State, we would lose LSU. If we lost to Penn State, we would win at LSU. So I'm, okay. I'm sticking so with that. So you still, you still in good shape. Yeah, Mike G, uh, what what are your thoughts after watching the film, taking a closer look? Of course, we give our instant reaction after the game, but after watching the film and dissecting it, how do you feel going into Georgia State Week? Uh, I feel like we got some things to clean up. It's clear. Uh, I feel like our run defense is for real. Uh, we didn't let them do anything on the ground at that game. And, you know, despite how a lot of people feel about how the defense played, we still finished with 11 tackles for loss in that game. Yeah. Auburn leads the nation in tackles for loss. 
No, I lied. There's one team that has more tackles for loss than us. They got one more. Don't ask me who it is, but I looked it up earlier today. Um, they are, they've got some good things going on defense. I still think that this can be a very, very good defense. Uh, I think, I still think it could be an all time great defense. Uh, Derek Mason is feeling it out. I think that uh, if he had it all to do all over again, knowing how Clifford would play, he would have played it differently. Uh, we still have to kind of figure out some things with the pass rush. So I feel good about it. I'm feeling good about our defense. Um, and I'm feeling I'm feeling good about potential changes coming on offense. I think it's clear Jarquez Hunter is a monster. I just think he is earned that second spot. Uh, he went out there. He's performed with the lights on. So, you know, anybody saying it was just Georgia State and it was just Akron, you can't use that line anymore. He got nine touches and ran for 63 yards. I mean, he was just, he's just good, right? So, um, and I also feel like we may have a quarterback controversy coming, definitely, after watching the film. So, uh, this is not to say that Bo played terrible, but there were definitely some easier reads out there that he could have made, easier throws where he chose the harder throw. And I'm wondering how much more of that is going to go on before these coaches say enough. You know, I thought he did a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quickly, uh, and they're going to try to focus on that uh, a little bit during Georgia State. What you're going to see here is we're probably going to see some different wide receiver combinations as well on Saturday as well, too. Cannot look at that tape and be happy with the job that Shed Jack- Jackson did. He can't. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, he had a good game against Akron. He graded out as the lowest wide receiver in each of the two following games. You know, whatever magic they had in week one did not transfer to weeks two and three. I feel like we're going to see some changes. I feel like we should see some changes. And, you know, I feel like we, as fans, we need to see some changes because we need to believe that this staff can make the tough decisions and not always prioritize experience over talent. Get the more talented guys on the field and get them the experience so they can be the more experienced guys. Well said. Well said. I. You you're the film play breaker downer guy. How are you feeling after? How are you feeling going into Georgia State? I mean, I don't. I, I think what we see against Georgia State will be indicative of how the coaches feel about what they saw against Penn State, right? So, mm. if we see more of some other quarterback not named Bo Nix, then they feel Bo Nix didn't do an adequate enough job and they need to start working someone else into the rotation. Uh, If Bo Nix continues to get all the first team snaps, but we see different wide receivers, then we know they felt wide receivers let us down in certain situations. Um, If we see a heavy dose of run and they're just like, we're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Then they've given up on the prospect of us having an act. Like you don't go like either they're going to work on the pass this game or they're not. Um, I watch, we'll get into the Georgia State uh, team itself. Um, How they play against Georgia State will be indicative of what they went back and said to themselves, what they feel like our identity identity should be as a team going forward. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. I am not as down on the coaching as I was before watching the film. After watching the film, um, I do feel like the coaching was still, we still got out coached. Let's be clear. Um, Thanks. Yeah. The Penn State offensive game plan was immaculate. The Penn State the Penn State offensive execution from a passing standpoint was very good. Um, 
I mean, they really only threw it to one guy, but that one guy ripped us apart. Um, it was one <laughs> was guy and a bunch field. of tight end busts. Um, and then uh, defensively, we let Penn State off the hook, right? Like we could have done more in that game and we didn't. And that's a combination of different things. Like everybody wants to dump the blame on one person. There's so many different holes to plug offensively right now that we've got to figure out what is the the stable and it's got to be the run game is the only thing that hasn't let us down. So it's got to be that. So I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what they feel like the remedy is for those other things. Um, when we get into this Georgia state game. Indeed, indeed. And definitely guys hang around as we will talk more in depth as we talk kind of a little bit of matchups. I know many people aren't familiar with Georgia state's roster, but We'll talk about how they match up against Auburn and what we can expect to see on offense and defense. But let's get into the the rest of the SEC. There's some interesting games this week in the SEC. So let's talk about it. Let's start with uh, from from the snoozers to the more interesting game, starting with uh, Southern Miss goes to Bryant-Denny and play Alabama and the ESPN uh, football power index gives Alabama a 99.3% chance of winning that game. Yeah. I think they're right. I, I actually disagree on this one. So like when you look at the advanced metrics on this game, it's more like a 99.9% chance of winning this game. Uh, so uh, yeah, there should be over by five minutes left in the first quarter. I guess it'll be that quick. Okay. Yeah, I got Bama too. Uh, any, do we have any any dissenters here? Yeah. 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 Bama, yeah. put them down. Bama. Yeah. Did they cover? If you yeah. thought I was going to pick the upset there, yeah, I think they should what's cover. The, what's the yeah, spread? Forty-five uh, points. That's a really wide. That's a, that's a really big spread. Huh? Saban usually does this thing where in his in their cupcake games they are basically having scrimmages. So you're going to see twos in there. You're going to see some threes. They didn't cover Mercer for that very reason. I mean, they struggled a little bit getting the rhythm, but even once they got it going, they still put their foot on the brake and got people reps. So um, that's a telltale for me as to whether or not they'll cover. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll cover. Okay. Yeah. I don't All right. care. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Georgia goes to Nash Vegas to face off against Vandy. Georgia, let's keep moving. All righty. Yeah, Georgia. Definitely Georgia. There's literally no chance Vandy wins this game unless Georgia just doesn't show up because of COVID or something like that. Has like, Vandy won a game yet? Have they won? Are they 0-3 or whatever? Colorado they, State. They, yeah, they beat Colorado Coast. State. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Good no for chance. them. Good for them. All right. Mizzou on the road at Boston College. And obviously, based on that line, they're expecting this to be pretty close. I think so, too. Uh, ESPN gives Boston College a 72.3% chance of winning this game. What y'all think? I'm going to start with you, B-Will. I actually like Mizzou in this game, man. They um, Offensively, they are balanced. They've got the running back name. I think it's Beatty. I don't want to mispronounce the guy's name. I watched him play Kentucky. And even though they lost that game... Mizzou actually had some fight. They had more fight than I expected them to have. I thought they were just rolling over bad opponents all um, the first couple games of the season. It was the first game of the season, excuse me. But no, they're decent. Like, they're deep. They're not great. I can't sit here and tell you they're great, but I know Boston College beat Temple last weekend. And for the entire game, 
for four quarters. Boston College threw for 34 yards in the air. Three, four yards over four quarters. Yikes. I'm taking Mizzou. Yeah, that's convinced. That's school's compelling argument. I'm going Mizzou. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't think from a physicality standpoint, um, Boston College is going to be able to pull this off. Uh, so I'm going to give Missouri. Yeah, I will stick with the SEC on this one. It's a scary game, man. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Mizzou. I'm gonna go Mizzou. I think when they need the offense, they they'll they'll find points. So I'm gonna go Mizzou here. All right. So let's let's get into Kentucky. On the road at South Carolina in Columbia. Check out the line. People are expecting it to be a dogfight. Actually, ESPN gives South Carolina the best chance of winning this game at 56%. I'm still going Kentucky here. Which would say you, Ike? Yeah, I'm going to go Kentucky. I'm a believer in Kentucky being right now probably the third best team in the world. East, Georgia, Florida. Mm, okay. Yeah, maybe third best team in the East. I just think I don't. I don't. I just, my point is they're not the the uh, South Carolina's further down. Um, and I, I I think that Kentucky can actually be balanced this year offensively. Um, and they're going to be defend decent defensively. So I'll go Kentucky. My G. Yeah, all things even. I gotta go. I gotta go with Kentucky on this one. Uh, in in. Total yards allowed on defense. These teams are pretty even, but you know, there's it's like a hundred and twenty yard gap in total yards of offense here. So uh I like what Shane Beamer is doing year one, but uh I gotta roll with Kentucky on this one. Be will. Yeah, I'm rolling with Kentucky too. They um they have even though their quarterback is not Joe Montana accurate, he has Moxie. If that can, if that is a tangible thing, he actually has it, and I think they have enough to get this win. South Carolina, they do look to be playing better. They they are a well organized football team. They just don't yeah. have the talent yet. But that, I mean, there are cases where that can actually get you the win if the other team's messing up. So if you're going to tell me Kentucky goes in there and, and loses two fumbles and throws a pick, then yeah, South Carolina can win it. But you you can't ever account for that, so I'm just gonna go with what I know and pick Kentucky. And Kentucky has that running back too, who's that he's he's been he's been performing pretty well. People spoke highly of him in the off season, and he's been as good as advertised. So combine him with the quarterback that they have that's actually able to throw the ball. I like Kentucky on the road here. Speaking of a team that's going on the road, LSU at Mississippi State. Again, check out that line. And actually, ESPN is kind of liking Mississippi State, giving them a 55.9% chance of pulling out this game here. I'm going to start with you, Mike G. I knew you was going to start with me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, okay. this, this is going to be the one right here, I think. Well, it's one more good game out here, but I think this well, is going to be Well, let's see here. This so, there's, so there's some interesting things happening here. Uh, LSU has just dug me a big old hole in this competition <laughs> for this season. And so uh, I am not I'm I'm on the fence here. Like, do, are, is it coming apart at the seams for Coach O is what I've been asking myself. Like, is this it? Is this it for them? Right. 
you've got the number one pass offense in the league versus the number four pass offense in the league. They're throwing the ball a lot. Mississippi State is completing balls at a 74.8% clip right now, which is nuts. They're the only team in the SEC in the 70s in complete total overall completion percentage. Their run game is on life support, but that's a Mike Leach coach team. My heart wants to go with LSU, but I've been burned by them so many times <laughs> that I'm going to... I, and I, I know Mike Leach is going to screw me for picking him, though. See, that's where... <laughs> Can we come back to me? Can you guys do that? Can you come back to me? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go... You know what? F it. I'm going to go LSU. I'm going to go LSU. Yeah. I'm going to go LSU this. I'm, I'm just going to take the whole season ship down with these with the other Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Do I mean, I, listen, Playboy D, like, I'm with you, man. Uh, Leach do is a clown. It. He's a clown. I, 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 this is a pick against Leach and not really for LSU, but, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's tough. He's not a clown. He's a pirate. <laughs> I really don't like. I, him. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the better defense here. I'm gonna pick Mississippi State. Yeah, so that's a good pick. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know what I'm doing. That's a good pick. That's really sound logic. <laughs> B, who oh, you got, man? You know what? I think I'm 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 going to agree with Lawrence Robinson here. They got embarrassed yeah. game one last week. And as much as last year, yeah. Yeah, excuse me, yeah, last last year. And I know, hey, it's a new season. Teams don't tend to forget that, especially when they're prepping for that week, man. They they got on tape, they're looking at themselves, miss tackles and get blown off blocks. And I think the emotional part plays a big factor. And I think LSU actually goes in there and gets the win because they are weak against the run. However, Mississippi State, either they don't run it or they can't run it. I don't know which one, but since they haven't run it, they I'm don't. going to Say, Mike hey, Leach y'all. never runs the ball. Like, doesn't yeah. matter where he's at. He's just not running the football, for real. Let everybody else tell it. LSU's got the best cornerback in the conference on their team, so. And he know. didn't play in that game last year. He did not. I think he was hurt. Yeah. So, I think they get, uh, Mississippi State gets some comeuppance, and LSU licks his wounds mm-hmm. at least for Come one more Comeuppance. Okay. <laughs> yeah. LSU. Wait, wait, wait. So, you calling LSU? Mm-hmm. You came over to the LSU train with me? Okay, all right. I didn't I come, come over. over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did. Okay, you, you, know came over, you came over. Oh, I appreciate you, that. You ain't even you, over here for real. You one foot out. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's your, true. your leg dragging on that bad uh, way. I still <laughs> called it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I, I'm, I'm going LSU as well. I'm oh, going yeah. Here. I'm now, going LSU. Mississippi State wins. That means I definitely get one up on y'all. Let's go. Let's go, Mike Leach. <laughs> don't don't you feel bad having Jim? <laughs> you count on Mike Leach to get you over yeah. the hump? I don't know, man. Oh yeah, he's such a douchebag. I don't feel bad at all. It's against LSU. I don't feel bad at all. It don't matter. Yeah, Either I LSU mean, wins and they feel better about themselves when we go play them, or LSU loses and I'm happy that LSU lost. So I feel great either way. Agree. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was pulling for Mississippi State last week against Memphis, so I was too, man. They can lose. I, they can lose I the rest of this year. Against them. They got screwed, man. They can lose the rest of this year. They got screwed, man. Really salty about that. All right, Tennessee goes into the swamp to face Florida, and ESPN 
gives Florida an 88% chance of winning this game. I tend to agree. I'm going to yeah. go Florida here. B? As much as I have some crow to eat about how Florida was going to get beat down by Alabama. Me too. Me too. Share me a plate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Play me a plate. Mike G called it. He said advanced metrics and the eye test said that Bama had some O-line problems. And what do you know? Bama has some O-line problems. Now, the young kid, Bryce Young, he was unflappable. A little too unflappable, which mm. may be a problem they have to fix with him going forward. But it didn't matter that he he was under duress the whole game. He still played a reasonably good game, I thought. But I didn't expect Florida to come out with that much, man. They surprised me. However, Tennessee is terrible. Tennessee is terrible. Let me say that again. Tennessee is terrible. Joe Milton is a tight end. He he is Joey Gatewood. <laughs> if if you want a good comparison, so well, they, he wasn't even the guy starting last week for them. They had uh, the other cat in there. Playing. Also, they yeah. they came to their senses. Yeah. Okay. And they but still look bad. So. I thought okay. he had gotten injured early. He's just yeah, not he playing well. He got like that. injured. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So man, I feel bad for saying he's a terrible football player. He's an injured football player, with all due respect. So, um, I don't know if they cover yet. I haven't done all my metrics yet to look at Tennessee's game, but Florida's going to win this game because Tennessee don't have a chance, man. Florida. Who's next? Right? Um, Yeah, unless Florida has some sort of hangover from Bama, uh, there's no reason they should lose this game. I don't know whether or not they cover, um, but I think that they win this game. It's at Florida as well. I just can't see Tennessee and their very anemic pass game going into Florida and and getting a win. So, Florida. Yeah, it looks like they're starting this kid Hendon Hooker? Hooker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hendon Hooker. That's a hell of a name. So, like... He's, he's better than Milton, but not much. Yeah, and they're not really throwing the ball down the field. As a matter of fact, he threw 21 passes and five went 20 yards or more down the field. There was he only nothing. competed like one of them, right? Yeah, and there was nothing from 10 to 15 yards, and the rest was five yards or shorter. I'm definitely going with Florida on this one. Uh, I was impressed with Emory Jones against Alabama. I thought that he did a uh, serviceable job in okay, running the ball. That's a good word. Running the ball, right? Like, and making enough throws to kind of keep them in it until the end. Uh, you know, I I don't think he's not a world beater, but for somebody who's not a world beater, I think he did he did everything that I felt like he was capable of. His and coach schemed it up good for him, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, Dan Mullen. And, and what a good yeah, what man. a good play caller will do for a quarterback. I mean, that is was an example of it. Uh, they didn't have enough horses to get by Bama in that game, but uh, I expected it to be a little closer than most expected based on offensive line issues. Alabama's was just letting through a ton of pressure. But I like Florida in this one. They, they made some plays against Bama. Um, I don't know what to make of Tennessee. I mean, they've got had a very cream puffy start to the season as well, too. So who knows what they are? Florida, Florida for sure. Before we move on, uh, Lawrence wants to know, what's in the cup, be will Good old H2O. That's the only thing I drink on these shows because I need to be clear of mind when Mike starts saying something stupid. <laughs> Whoa. Unmitigated <laughs> attack. Oh, man. <laughs> what a yeah. strike. Uncalled for. That's Uncalled that, for. That straight bullet had your name. to call them out. That's, that's, that's what I have to be. Uncalled for. That straight bullet all had your name on it, Mike. Yeah, I, that's, I've never saying. seen that before. I'm just saying. 
He was right last week, though. He was right last week. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Build a Rapport, are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Number. Let's get. Let's get to it. Let's get to. Let's get to the most. Yeah, this is the one. This is the one. Number seven. A and M versus number sixteen. Arkansas in old Jared's house. Now, ESPN is leaning towards Texas A and M, giving them a fifty-seven point four percent chance of winning this game. Let's see what the guys at the War Report have to say about this. I over here doing okay. All right, all he right. likes Arkansas. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. So Texas A&M's offense has been very uneven this year. They they have issues at quarterback. Um, their run game has not been stellar, and Arkansas's defense has me believing. I think Arkansas is going to win this football game, get points. All that they're just gonna win outright. I got Arkansas with the upset. Boom. Yeah, it doesn't feel like an upset though for some reason, right? Because because we know better. You want to go, Mike? No, you, I don't. You still getting you you still you still over there googling. Mm, All right, yeah, be well. Be over there getting them advanced stats. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have advanced stats. Mike. That's why it sounds so good. Is <laughs> he getting his notes s- together? Mm-hmm. What you got, be well? Y'all know I am not a fan Give of Jimmy Fisher. Yeah, scored ten points at Colorado, albeit with a backup quarterback. But don't you feel like if our backup quarterback were to come in, we would score more than? 10 points against a team who has no offense? Jimbo Fisher talked all that big noise about beating Nick Saban in the offseason. Since his first string quarterback got hurt, who, by the way, threw three picks in his first game, so it's not like he came out here lighting it all the way up. Their offense has been completely forgettable, uninspiring. Their defense is legit. Let let me not dismiss this. Their yes, defense is defense. legit. Jimbo does not coach defense. Let's remember that as well. So let's not <laughs> give him too many brownie points for that. But their defense is legit. Now, it comes down to do I believe that Arkansas's offense can do something against Texas A&M's defense? Because I know Arkansas's defense can hold down A&M's offense in its current state. K.J. Jefferson is not a prolific passer. And if you're going to be playing a defense that can actually has talent at all three levels, you've got to be able to throw the ball. You're not going to be able to run 100 different ways against a very, very good defense. So this is dicey. This is dicey. But I like Sam Pittman. I like what Barry Odom has done over there. They believe in a way that makes them better, slightly better than the talent that they have. They are clicking right now. The big win over over Texas has been a springboard. I think they get this win. And they put A&M on the track to at least four losses this season. Mm. For a coach who was supposed to be all where oh, he should be in the playoffs. No, he shouldn't. You had one good year. Y'all, your old lineman left. They in the league. What they doing? They playing in the league. Now your old line looks suspect. Now your run game looks suspect. What you been doing the last three years? 
Thought you was recruiting old linemen. Thought that's what you did, Jimbo? Huh? Looking like Florida State them last few years he was there, huh? Uh-huh. Arkansas. <laughs> B-Will basically just compared Texas A&M to a broken-down Chevy. He said you had one good year in a bunch of flats. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, those are facts. Um, what, you, what say you, Mike G? This, these, this, this is an intriguing quarterback battle, right? Like, both mm-hmm. these guys mediocre are— Mediocre versus mediocre? Yeah, they're extra regular. Right, um, super regular. So KJ Jefferson is the epitome of regular. Um, when you're looking at again with, about he's just a his, better runner. Yeah, he's a better athlete. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I did, I would agree with that. Um, it. I'm just looking at this. I mean, he's an old. He's 61.5 percent on the season. Uh, he interestingly though is averaging over 10 yards per attempt. Oh yeah, he's he's got a decent deep ball. Like, right, he can yeah. he can sling it out there. Yeah, yeah. Conversely, Zach Calzada is nothing special. So I'm going to have to go with Arkansas on this one. I just, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas A&M finds a way to make it interesting, but there is no metric that suggests that they should win this game based on QB play, rush offense. And then overall defense, it uh, just the numbers lean Arkansas here. So I'm going Arkansas. Okay. Okay. I mean, unless Texas A&M gets several defensive scores in this game. Yeah, I mean that. Would I don't. Be, I don't. I don't know where they're. I don't know where the points are going to come from. Yes, yeah, really teams don't. play. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we're, they've we're, got a legit run game. You know, I'm not going to discount Texas A&M's ability to run. I'm just saying Arkansas's defense has been stellar against the run. So, if you're going to be one-dimensional against them and you can only run, it's going to be a rough game. Uh, you, you might hear me repeat those same sentiments when we play them. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm starting to feel better about them too after watching after watching them play. Um, so yeah, I I, I ha- for the, all the reasons y'all mentioned, I've been very impressed with Arkansas defensively. I was hoping I'd imp- go Texas A and M so I could make up some more points on this. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I, mean, I, I, I just uh-oh. I didn't. Mike, you ready to flip it? it? No, no, I, I don't. Oh, okay. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Texas A and M pull something out. I mean, of their it hat. wouldn't be a shock. But, I'm just right. saying, I'm yeah. not picking them. But there's no there's no statistic that suggests that Texas A&M should win this game. Not right? with that quarterback. No, right? I mean, he's like fifty one percent on the, on he's on good. the season so far. I yeah, mean, like I don't I don't know, man. Unless he has some kind of coming out party that that you know on Saturday, I can't see it. And to think they fell off hard from Kellen Mond. I mean, he's in NFL, but they they did not, and that's what I disagree with. I you think disagree? the run game was. So good because the offensive line was so good that they never had to count on Mon, but maybe three or four plays a game and he could hit them. The difference now is that run game isn't working like it did last year. Isaiah Spiller, for some, he's averaging just under three or just under or just over three yards a carry. He's not running the same. I don't know if it's hurt. 6.3 yards per carry. Isaiah or or, uh, what's his other name? Isaiah Texas A&M overall. Isaiah Spiller is averaging 6.3 yards per carry. I, I'm, I'm going to look back at that because as of the – well, that was as of the Colorado game. So he might have got some big runs in last week. Yeah, like, oh, yeah he probably he probably, he probably lit them up last week. Yeah, 40 yeah. attempts, 250 yards. Okay, so he, he boosted it last week. But 
he doesn't look he hasn't looked the same this entire year. The first two games, I didn't watch a third game. Something's up. And now the moment that that Jimbo had he has a quarterback and you can't do everything for him, now you look suspect. I thought you was the QB whisperer, Jimbo. What happened, baby? What happened, Mike? Uh-huh. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes, <laughs> boy. I'm taking well, notes. listen, we, so those are our thoughts. We all got Arkansas. We got a few super chats. Austin. Says AM, no doubt in my mind, it's a rival. And in my opinion, Texas AM is just better. We will see. Mm. Yeah. Also, shout out to you, Walt. Appreciate you, buddy. Archie, yeah, because Jimbo is Jim Bust. <laughs> okay. I see what I, you did I there. See what you did there, bro. I am Hop. If we find our pass rush, what do you guys think of our schedule for the next five games? We will talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll talk get about into that. that. Wait for it. We were supposed to do it at the beginning, but let's talk about the scorecard. Yeah, let's okay, talk let about me this get, let, me, let me get let me get this down here. All right, what are we looking like? Oof. I got All tight. Right. I got tight. Yeah, your boy had a good week last week, huh? Wait, who who let me down though? Um, um, Auburn let all of us down. My own <laughs> team Auburn let me down. I would have had a perfect <laughs> prediction week last week if we had won that game. Oh man, hmm. I need yeah. LSU to do something. Yeah, hey, I do too. State. That's that's how we're looking after three weeks. It'll be interesting to see how we look after week four. Let's go ahead and and, and just and just talk about it. The the game we care about is here. Georgia State and number 23, Auburn. Of course, we know that game is at 2.30 this upcoming Saturday, 2.30 Central Time, SEC Network. Of course, Auburn is favored. The line there is Auburn minus 27. Over and under is 57. And the Football Power Index by ESPN gives Auburn a 97% chance of winning this game. This will actually be the first meeting between the two schools. So what I want to do is just kind of talk a little bit. We'll, We'll deal with Auburn's defense as I talk about Georgia State's offense. Georgia State recently... Uh, benched their starting QB in favor of another guy who started last week against Charlotte, Charlotte 49ers, Darren Granger. He went six for 13 for 138 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also was a part of the rushing attack in which he rushed 11 times for 73 yards. Of course, if you factor in sacks and whatnot, he actually had less yards, but according to pro football focus, he actually rushed for 73 yards. So, that's that. Uh, so we see that we have a dual threat QB that we're dealing with this upcoming week. Another thing to mention about them is he connected with his two receivers. These two guys, Jamari Thrash, who's kind of a smaller, kind of quick receiver, and Jakias Creedle, who's like six foot four, a big, big time, big, big physical receiver. Uh, he connected with them four times for plat passes of 20 plus yards. Uh, both of them had a touchdown each in that game. So these were big plays that he made. We know what Derek Mason likes to do in his defense, right? Kind of bend but not break. Don't want to give up the big play. We'll play zones. We'll, we'll allow you to kind of dink and dunk here and there. So I don't foresee Auburn unless there's some massive coverage bust in the game uh, this upcoming Saturday. How do we feel about our defense, particularly playing zone against this quarterback? We saw what happened against Akron later in the game when they brought in the second string QB and he was able to find some open men, open guys in the zone. 
how we expect Auburn to play in terms of cleaning up how we play zone. I'll start with you, Ike. Um, so let me say this about Georgia State. Um, they are going to play a lot of um, the typical RPO stuff, but they're going to do a lot of like the triple option stuff out of that um, RPO spread. So assignment football is going to be super critical. Um, and that has not, of course, boded well so far for Auburn um, just in the back end of playing assignment football. But their quarterback is not super accurate. Um, so what I think is that we probably won't switch our strategy too much. Um, they'll try to keep everything in front of them and just keep them from having big plays, um, and just be aggressive downhill against the run and just kind of dare him to throw the ball, um, and, and make the right decisions and be accurate with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they just, he's just not a, he's not a, he, well, let me just say this. I only watched him play a little bit against North Carolina because I try to watch a little bit of everything that we're going to play. I only watched him play against North Carolina um, and really how they were beating North Carolina, not beating them because they lost that game handily, but how they were able to move the ball was mostly on the ground with the run. Um, so again, it was a lot of option stuff. It was a lot of RPO stuff, quarterback runs and keeps and stuff like that. So assignment football is going to be crucial. We've done that well this year, though, in the against the run. It's when they get into the pass options that we start to falter. Um, I just don't know that Georgia State can can threaten in that way. So um, I don't see it as being a super huge challenge for this defense. Um, and I do think that if Derek Mason is committed to us being able to play zone against some more spread teams later, they're going to have to continue to practice it against people. So they're probably not going to abandon it in this game. Agreed. 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 Another, another stat. I'll let you talk about this, Mike, since uh, you, you, this, this gets you going. They, they feature a running back by committee. Of course, one of the things that I saw and in the last game against Charlotte, they racked up 284 total yards of rushing uh, versus Charlotte. They're averaging 175 yards per game on the ground. Something of note is that AU currently ranks number three in rush defense, only allowing an average of 45 yards a game. Mike G, do you expect Auburn to continue to dominate up front as it pertains to the rushing rush defense? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, this has been a strength uh, of our, of our defense. Now, like we're averaging, you know, the, uh, you said we ranked third. Uh, I had us ranking second. In rush defense, so uh, one point three yards per carry average. Southern, Southern Miss and Wisconsin, but I know Wisconsin has only played two games, so right. That's right. that's kind of the an asterisk by Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean we've allowed one hundred and twenty seven yards on the ground. Southern Miss is one forty two. Wisconsin is sixty six, but they got a game. Uh, this rush defense is clearly the strength of the, of our team, and they proved it against Penn State. They went out and they shut Penn State down. We have not allowed 100 yards rushing in a game yet through three games. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen in this one either. Now, you know how you guys know how I feel about one-dimensional teams. They're going to have to throw the ball. And I, I, I saw a curious stat, and I, was, I had to double-check it to make sure that I was actually looking at it correctly. Um, but it... They have not attempted a whole lot of passes. I mean, this offense looks like it's primarily just running. Uh, they can't pass the ball. They can barely pass the ball. Uh, I don't know if they have a guy that knows how to throw a spiral. <laughs> it's It should be ugly. 
this should be one of those games where we I come in and I say, shut out. Easy, right? This should just be clear. We should not allow them to score a single point in this game. Uh, you just and, and you should be able to man up, no gimmicks, no tricks, just line up and beat them. Beat little brother and move on. Uh, so defensively, we should do fairly well in this game. Um, I look for them to clean up uh, the, the assignments, right? Uh, you know, any, th- any scheme thing that you're trying to prepare, any, anything that your kinks you're trying to work out of the system without giving away anything before LSU, do it this week. I- I'm not sure we're going to learn a whole lot about our defense this week that we don't already know. Uh, because from a secondary standpoint, they can't pass the ball anyway. Right. Right. So what are we going to learn this week? Probably not a lot. Uh, so I expect domination uh, and run defense. Like I said, I mean, again, guys, 11 tackles for loss on Saturday, which is impressive, right? They turned in the same amount of tackles for loss, if not more than we did against Akron and uh, uh, Alabama State. So the the rush defense is for real. Um, they, they're do- That's something special. They just don't want, they're just not going to let guys run the ball on them. But this is all this team does. So it'll be interesting to see if they stick to that, right? Or do we allow this team that cannot pass to pass on us? Right. Right. And we'll be watching that as well, too. Do we allow this team that cannot pass at all to get any any significant yards through the air? It'll be telling. They should dominate this game. That's what it should be. So. I'm looking forward to watching it. It should be over by the by mid second quarter. Before I, before I get to UB, Walt Taylor says, "Do they have a couple of tight tight ends? If so, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know. I know that in terms of some of they the don't. guys that's, that's featuring a passing game, mm-hmm. they're not really targeting their tight ends much. I, I don't see them being a big part of the game plan. They haven't been up to this point, no. so." It's, it's basically been the the two wide receivers that uh, I previously mentioned who have been getting the ball. And, and in fact, you guys are absolutely on it. I think the two guys that I mentioned, uh, Jamari Thrash and Jakias Creedle, I think he targeted one receiver five times and completed two passes. Those are the two big passes mm. that he he, he yeah. was able to uh, get a completion on. The other guy was two for four. Right. So he's missing more than he's actually uh, completing. So... It'll just be interesting to see just how accurate he is. Be will. What does Auburn do? Does Auburn get back on track in terms of generating a pass rush? And and how do you expect they defend a guy whose probably first instinct is to run when things get tight? Well, I mean, they're not going to change who they are. I don't think you can be a terrible passing team and come in here and cook something up in a week that makes you a, a decent enough one to attack our weakness because that's not how things work. I mean, if that's how things work, then, you know, a lot of things would just be new teams when they showed up somewhere, but it doesn't work like that. So, no, I don't, I don't think we have to worry about that threat. I think they're going to, again, the, we, so we got hit in the mouth. We got beaten in a way that showed our weaknesses decisively. Like, there's not a question of maybe we're, all, no, so, okay, we, we can't cover. That's an issue. We cannot cover. The blessing of that is that you now have a very narrow focus on what to fix. And we think we have the coaches that know how to fix it. So I expect our guys to really kind of be, I don't want to be disrespectful and call it a scrimmage, but it kind of will be a scrimmage. Up front, we should be able to whoop them. And they weren't 
bad anyway. They didn't pressure the quarterback, but that's not just because they are they that's not because they played poorly. The game plan was not to blitz. We blitzed very little in in the Penn State game. So I expect even the guys who played well to have a renewed focus and a fire will be lit. I think they they hear it all, man. The, the players are on social media. They see it. They hear it, man. They they don't want that taste in their mouth still. So they're going to play a great game. They're going to take coaching. They, they are learning from their mistakes, both coaches and players, and they're going to play a great game. And I wouldn't be surprised to get one of the shutouts that Mike G talked about. Yeah, this should definitely be a shutout. Let me, let me ask y'all a question, though. Do we see Zacoby McClain at all in this game? He's got to sit out the first half, doesn't he? That's why I ask. Do we see him at all? He's going to come back, yeah. Yeah, I, think I mean, I'm saying, I think well, if if we're into the second half of the game and we're blowing them out, will he play at all? Is my question. Like, will we need him to play the second half of this game? Yeah, we need to play him, but you you we probably want to give him a little bit of reps. I think he yeah, wants his run. tackling numbers. I think he prides himself on getting those tackles, and I think he'll want to get as many tackles as he can, at least for a quarter or so. Yeah. War Report family, it's your boy B. Will. We want to thank you for listening to the Wednesday Night War Room in podcast form. Now, we've got more content we want to get you here specifically as podcasts. We know you love the convenience of it, but that takes time and resources. So we're asking for sponsors. If you or anybody you know would like to reach Auburn football fans, specifically the War Report's Auburn football fan community, then hit us up. Business at thewarreport.com. That's business at thewarreport.com. And to continue to fuel our growth, please rate and review this podcast right now on whatever service you're listening on. That's all I got for now. So I'm not going to hold you up. Let's get back to it. Question number two. I don't know what the status on Owen Papo is. Is right. us having two of our linebacker core down going to be a problem against a team that runs this much? I don't think so. I actually don't think so. I think Wooten is a great Yes, Wooten yeah. steps right in. Wesley Steiner has had some issues. Man. I think Wesley Steiner has had some issues when he's been in there recognizing where he's supposed to be and what gap he's supposed to cover. Um, I, again, I don't think that that means we lose or don't cover. I'm just wondering if early in the game we see issues with assignment football happening up front. Because again, when you're playing a team that plays the way that Georgia State does, it's important that your linebackers understand where they need to be and how they need to be right. and which gaps they're supposed to cover, who's their assignment on if they're doing the dive or if they're taking the QB or if they're taking the pitch man. You've got to understand who those people are, where they need to be, and everybody's got to be kind of playing on a string to string that out to the outside um, and then make sure that you're covering up before the pitch happens or once the pitch happens. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out early in the game with those two possibly not playing. Yeah, get the other guys some experience, right? They're going to need um, it anyway. Yeah, we're going to need to be uh, next yeah. man up. Um, the uh, CM Pat, yes, you guys already know the drill. Giving away three free T-shirts <laughs> for a shutout. I love giving this. Listen, it'd be a, it's a great reason to give some away. We get two shutouts in a season. It would be amazing. Uh, but yes, the answer to that is yes. Uh, I, I'm I'm feeling like uh, there was another question in here. We had a super chat that I wanted to get to. Um, uh, I am yeah. Any thoughts on our wide receiver core and who needs to play? Oh, that's, that's where we're going next is offense. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah. So we're, like, we're heading we're heading that direction. We're going we're going to get on mm-hmm. that. I I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, I actually agree that I believe that this may be the case that we switch to a four man front for this game. Yeah. Um. To to be more dominant against the run. 
um, just to allow for us to not need as many LBs in the game. So I agree with that, Phil, because I've talked about this before. I think that we have that flexibility with our play. This may be the first game we get to see Lee Hunter actually get in and get some reps. Um, I, I expect for TD Moultrie to continue to play. TD Moultrie, man, can I just... TD Moultrie has played well this season, man. He has hey? had a resurgence this season. Hey? Listen, how, listen. How about that? Hey, if 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 look at, if you, look at God, if you play better, then you get me to talk about you playing better. Listen, <laughs> I gave Shedrick props for his half a game; he played well. Yeah, all right, all right. Let's talk about well, real real quick. We we'll, we can start and then we'll pick up after the hour mark. Their defense is not that great. It's not really good at all. They they rank near the bottom in in F, FBS in scoring defense, allowing thirty seven points a game. Very vulnerable against the run. They allow an average of 196 yards per game on the ground. And Auburn currently ranks in the top 10 in rush offense, averaging 287 yards per game. And their pass defense is allowing 220 yards per game. So there's a lot of opportunity for Auburn to clean things up offensively, as you alluded to, Ike. So... What are some things that you expect to see? We, we you, you mentioned that what we're going to see is pretty much an indication of what the coaches thought went wrong at Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. Or that it's going to be a response to what happened at Penn State. Yeah. What do you think we actually see? Um, so, again, this is from watching. I, I tried to try to only watch games where they're playing teams like that are a, a caliber of, if possible, them playing North Carolina, North Carolina actually survived most of that game on deep shots. Like Sam Howell was throwing a lot of deep, like he was 10, running on him too. Yeah, and he, you know, he had he had like a sixty-four yard touchdown run. Um, but like the big play is what killed them. They actually, from play to play, are decent, but they just they get out of alignment. They give a big play, and then it's just it's going all to hell, right? They've turned over the ball in ev- all three games that they played so far this year. They've had a turnover. Right. So they're susceptible to giving the ball up. They're just kind of sloppy with the football. Uh, But I think offensively. We're going to attempt to take some shots against them just to prove that we can do it. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. I think. We're going to see a different wide receiver rotation in this game. I think they're going to try some new guys out and try to see if we have some guys that can go out there and make plays. This is the game to do it because you're going to LSU next week. Um, and you need to figure out who your playmakers are. And we need to figure out how the downfield passing game is going to work. I think we can run the ball at will against just about any team not named Georgia, maybe Texas A&M, right? I, even Arkansas is good against the run. I, but I think that we can run the ball at will basically against any other team that we're going to face on our um, schedule this season. So similarly to how Mike was in our talking about in our first game where I don't want to see a run hit. I don't I actually don't want to see that this game. I actually want to see them go out here and figure out who their playmakers are on the outside and figure this pass offense out, Uh, because if it doesn't work, you know, you can just go fall back to the run the second half and just go blow them off the field. Right. Um, But early in this game, I need to see the pass offense makes sense. And I need to see somebody else out there as a pass catcher. I don't care if they go out there and go two tight ends and throw the ball to tight ends a whole game, but I need to see someone effectively catching a forward pass that goes more than five yards beyond the line of scrimmage this game. We got a, uh, got a question here from, from CM Pat. 
How much of TJ Finley do we see? I will toss that question to Mike G. What say <laughs> you, Mike G? How much How much of Finley do you expect to see on Saturday? Uh, you know what? Uh, so I asked Coach Harson about wide receiver rotations, and he said, we're always reassessing. It was, he gave me a coach-speak answer. He said, we're always reassessing things after every game, whether you win or whether you lose. Um, I expect quarterback to be one of those things that they're starting to reassess after Saturday. Now, um, he still clearly leans Bo. He thinks that, and by his own words, and, and I quote, you know, the guys around Bo need to play better as well, uh, which I do not disagree with. But this is your last chance to get Finley any meaningful reps before SEC play. He's got to throw some passes. In. I would like to see Finley throw at least 10 passes in this game. Right? He's thrown seven passes on the season. Right? He's four for seven on the season. We got to see some TJ Finley here because if Bo, if anything carries over from what Bo did during the Penn State game, while I don't think he had the worst game, I think we can all acknowledge that that's not good enough. That's not going to be good enough. Not with the emergence of Ole Miss and Arkansas. And look at our remaining schedule, man. We have to score points or we have to play keep away with our run game. So before we get into wide receivers, we got to have somebody who can get them the ball. And they're going to have to take a list. I expect to see if, if Finley gets in this game, it can't be one of those things where he goes in and throws two passes and then we run the rest of the whole rest of the second half. This game should be over by halftime. And I would like to see Finley as early as possible, maybe even first half. Score 21 points in the first quarter, put Bo on the bench, put Finley in the game, and let him play the rest of the game. In line with that, uh, it's time to see something different at receiver. Thank you, Shed J- Jackson. You're an awesome Auburn man. But for the good of the team, it's time for somebody else to get shot. Now, I've been screaming Malcolm Johnson Jr. They've been playing him, teetering him on the edge of first team. He played like 12 snaps against Penn State, 11 or 12 snaps. Uh, he caught the only target that was thrown at him. He's caught both of the targets that were th- thrown at him. He's two for two with, with a touchdown this season. So it's time for us to see something else here. And it's, it needs to be a signal to your team that you will play the best players. Because if I'm JJ or I'm uh, uh, Capers or I'm Canyon, I'm sitting on the bench like, w- what the hell? <laughs> You know, and I'm not in practice, so I can only assume that the coaches have their reasons. But I, all I can tell you is, is that he graded out low. The lowest wide receiver we put on the field, two games straight. One against yeah. the cream puff and the other against real competition. I don't know how much more data you need to know that at the very least, if you're going to put him in the game, you don't throw the ball at him 10 times or eight times or nine times. However, it was too many targets. He was the second most targeted wide receiver in that game. Let's talk about this while we're talking about wide receivers, because this is a good point. Mike and I actually talked about this off cam a little bit. This is a fact. Malcolm Johnson is out there doing work. Work. Get him the ball, ball. man. He's earned it, man. He's earned yeah. the shot, right? They threw a deep bomb to him. Finley did. He caught it. Touchdown. 
on that final drive over the middle, which could have been a crucial catch if we had come back, he caught his target. Yep, for a first down. Yeah. Right? And took contact after the hit. Almost instantly. Like, he got hit, like, right when the ball got there and, yeah. and held on. Held yeah. on to the ball, man. Right? You know, for uh, for a guy who really is in kind of his first year, I, I think he's got the speed. I think he's got the ball skills. Let's get him in the game. And then for the guys behind him as well, too, Capers, Canyon, it's time to see him. I mean, I just, it makes me wonder what are we seeing? What are they not seeing in practice that these right. guys are not getting in the game? But then you put Shed in and then he does what he did tripping over his own feet. You know, uh, uh, he, he like time in his jump. Yeah. I mean, high point the ball. Right. The, the, the little law, I wasn't in love with the pass, but the little loft thing that Bo did to Shed on the sideline. Do you guys remember the play? I forgot which quarter it was. Mm-hmm. And the DB adjusted and kind of reached back to contest it. All mm-hmm. I could think in my head was, you're not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but we got guys on the bench who could adjust and make that play. We have better athletes on the bench. This is why, you know, so a lot of people ask me uh, about, um, you know, uh, the argument about Shivers, right? About whether he's, you know, should lose his job to Jarquez in these first three weeks. And, you know, a lot of people have felt like I've kind of overlooked them. I said, listen, what we're talking about is we've got a, re- this is a really good problem to have. You have three good running backs and you, you have a tough time figuring out who to play. They can't all get carries. I'm sorry. I haven't seen that successfully. I don't, I can't remember last time I saw a three headed monster. You got two guys and you go to those two guys. At receiver, I think we have that. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, can, can you imagine what have we said during the Gus era? If this were Gus, we wouldn't have seen Jarquay. He would have been buried on the depth chart for half the season until somebody got hurt. Right. In the Harson era, we get to see him early. Right? I mean, and significantly. And at wide receiver, I just don't understand why we're not seeing the same thing. So if I believe that the coaching staff is evaluating properly, that worries me. So this is the best we got? Yikes. Now, Kobe showed that he's a pure wide receiver. He showed yeah, yeah. He, has, he, has an, he is a pure wide receiver. and He wasn't on my list, but I am impressed with that kid, man. He did. I mean, after the fumble, he came back and he played a great game. And that's and just like we want the quarterback to forget interceptions and come back and make throws, your receivers again forget that drop, forget that fumble, and come back and make a play. He did that, and then he owned it. He manned up after the game and he owned it. He said, "That's on me, fellas. I didn't make that play, but watch me while I work when I come back from this." That's all we can ask for. But this thing where we put players on the field, again, it feels like we're, we're prioritizing experience over talent. And at some point, the, less, the more talented guy that doesn't have the experience needs to become the more experienced guy as well, too. So I'm looking forward in this last game to seeing when it's fair, man. Let these guys get some garbage time reps under the lights at home before you go on the road and you toss them to the wolves. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that with Finley. I don't want to see it at wide receiver. Johnson, Capers, Canyon. Get them in. Why not? I don't I can't. It can't be worse than what we saw versus Penn State. Because I'll, t- I'll end by saying every deep ball, which was like three of them that we threw 
to Shedrick Jackson, not one of those balls was in danger of being caught. <laughs> in danger. <laughs> not one. There was there was exact there was no hope in my heart for anything when those balls went in the air to him. He has zero ball skills with the ball in the air. None. He didn't stack the defender. He can't high point the football. What were we doing? Why is he our deep ball guy when we got burners? Yeah. He's not the fastest guy. We got it wide receiver either. So, you know, but I, again, I've seen, I, at the very least, Malcolm Johnson, the guy who went out and caught the 50-yard bomb when called on. Yeah. And you've got him teetering on the edge of first team anyway, man. Let's see him in this game. You know, so I don't want to get down on Shedrick. Like, you know, again, this is, you know, somebody's going to come in and say, you player bashing and all this. I'm like, listen, man, and sometimes plays just play, and you can't handle these guys with the kid gloves, and, and the team has to come before your seniority. Team first, man. Like, it's time to see somebody else, right? And and, and same for Bo. Bo's not going to get it done. We got to start figuring that out before the season falls apart. How many games do we have to lose? I'm ready to see an era at Auburn where we can make changes before the wheels fall off the bus. That's the Auburn I'm tired of seeing. Everything's got to fall all to hell before we'll change the quarterback. Why? Just figure it out if he's not going to get it done. Sometimes average is not okay. When you could do better. Let's let's see it. Come on, man. Let's see it. This is, this is what Harson owes these fans, man, after what we went through with Gus. $5 million a year. He could feed 100 families on what he's getting paid. Put the right guy in the game. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I am hot. Appreciate you again. Again, I say free 17 and 80 referring to Capers and Canyon. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people want to see them, man. A free lot of people want to see them. Uh, B. Will, what what are your thoughts about? I mean, you got to play tank, right? Uh, yeah. Or do you? What do you, what nah. what are your thoughts? And and how much do we see? How much do we see Shivers? You got to play tank because tank needs his numbers. And yeah. As much as every bit of playing time is also recruiting, and by recruiting I mean look how many yards our back got. We need that thousand yard back. Yeah, we might we might be going for two. So you don't rest tank and cost him what should be easier numbers, more yards with less carries against a subpar defense. So you got to play tank. Um, you got to play shoppers because he's a firecracker. If you listen to what Harson said in the press conference, he's an energy guy. It's, I mean, Jarquez Hunter is a stud running back. And he really, we might be 1A, 1B with, with tank and Jarquez. But Shivers still has a different skill set that I think is needed. That I think adds some versatility, and they want to they want to get them back in the swing, man. You want all the weapons. I want I want all those guys to get snaps because you don't have to have Shivers lined up as just the main back. They had Jarquez and Tank, um, and both in the backfield at the same time. You can make one of those Shivers. Now you got to account for even maybe a little more speed going one direction. So it gives our coaching staff better options, so that they're gonna play. But um, to to what Mike said and what it, we've already talked about here. We know Penn State was a letdown for several reasons. I was most impressed with Kobe Hudson as well because that's guy cam footage. It does not tell lies. There are things you can you cannot see on the regular play footage that you can see on the sky cam footage. And while we are lamenting how many times Shedrick got targeted, the real crime 
is that on two or three of those plays, somebody oh, else was naked. wide open and the person pulling the trigger did not throw it to them. Took now, the hardest throw. Right. And so for all of us saying, oh, well, Bo didn't play. Bo wasn't the problem. Bo was part of the problem. He was not the entire problem. But Bo was part of the problem. You cannot see. The cameraman pans to where the ball goes. He doesn't go to where the, the corner is beat. So you didn't see that unless you watched the sky, the sky cam footage. But if you saw it, you'd go, well, why would you sh- throw to a guy who had dropped two passes already when this other guy was streaking up field wide open? I don't know. But when we talk about the offensive game plan, and I didn't see this footage before we had our show on Sunday. I don't know how much I can put on coaches. If you can scheme a guy wide open, coach, you won. That play, you did your job. Quarterback is now on you. Hit the guy that's open. You got one option, two options, three options. If you make a decision and you throw it to the guy that is covered and not good, that's a bad decision. <laughs> and points were left on the board. <laughs> He's covered in. But that, we, we, we need to stop trying to dress that up. Oh, he wasn't bad. Bo played better than I've ever seen him play on the road. On the ever. Road, yes. By a mile. Yeah. We can acknowledge that. And we can give him his props for that. While also acknowledging the objective truth that he throws to people predetermined without letting the play develop as it should, and it is frequently enough the wrong throw. It costs us possessions. It costs us points. Speaking as to what we expect to see on the field going forward, if I am assuming that Brian Harson is different from Gus Malzahn in this way, and we all have hoped that he is, that... I see there is a problem here. So instead of throwing the guy back out there and hoping the light turns on, I am going to take him, coach him, instruct him on what to do differently. And if I don't see enough change, this guy's sitting down. Yeah. I have to have faith that that is possible here or else I'm going to lose my mind and be completely despondent. And I'll be on here looking like this every show for the rest of the season, because that's (laughs) we just went through that. Where I know this can't be the best we have. Now, you know what? In Gus's defense, Bo probably was the best quarterback we had last year. This year, I do not think that's the Listen, case. I don't I, listen, I, I I get it. Everybody thinks TJ Finley has a better arm, more accurate. I just don't know that TJ's a better decision maker, though. Like I just I haven't I haven't seen it. So yeah, to everybody's point, I'd like to see what we have, and this would be the game to see it. I just haven't seen a bunch of great decision-making ability from TJ Finley to know that he can do that. So like my assumption here, just like with the wide receiver position is TJ hasn't shown it in practice yet to have enough confidence. What I will say is that it was clear from fall camp. They were trying to get him to that place because they were trying to get him the reps in. I just don't know that he did enough. So I'm, I'm not, as down on Bo yet because I do think the mistakes were correctable, right? Like I, I don't have a defense for the moon balls that Bo was. I have no clue why he felt like it was necessary to throw the ball that high to get it over the top of a defender. It was just silly. But the decision making yeah. stuff is something you can go back and be like, Bo, listen, look, man, when we're in this look, middle of the field is open, so your first read needs to be here. Your second read needs to be here. Like I get it. 
You got the solo here, but your first read needs to be the guy that's going to be breaking over the middle. That's your in-breaking route, right? Like that's correctable things. The question is, because if it's about decision-making, he can make better decisions if coached to do that. The question is, will he go out there and execute it? And if he does do that, can he do it at a high enough proficiency for it to make any difference once we get into uh, tougher play? War Rapport family, it's your boy Mike G. The 2021 season is here and we're cooking up a bunch of amazing new content for our listeners. New segments, new giveaways, new interviews, and new game day experiences. But you have to be an insider to get in on the action. So head on over to YouTube and search for The War Report. When you see the channel, look for the join button. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss what we've got coming. So keep listening. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app and get your weight up by becoming an insider for the 2021 Auburn football season. Let's go, baby. Now let's get back to it. I was sitting here just thinking, like, I'm pretty sure there's a one, two, three read on these plays. And when you're playing Mm -hmm. Alabama State and Akron, one's always there. So it looks fantastic. Correct. You can pick one and go to one because you know one's going to be where he's supposed to be. Demetrius Robertson is faster than anybody on Akron can cover. So what do you know? He's wide open and I can hit him for plays. But when one's not wide open, but two took a half second longer, if your pocket didn't collapse, and let's be clear, the pocket was not collapsing on Bo Nix by majority of the time. When he passed... He had time, enough time to make the proper read, and he did have room. Some of the finer points of repositioning in the pocket. As the pocket moves, as the defensive line attacks, you just find the pocket as it moves because it didn't just collapse on him, and then you make that second or third read. That's the next level for him. And it's not that it's not it's not that it's impossible for him, but this was the first time in the first three games where it was Hey, one, I can just go to one. Yeah, but that didn't happen this time because now one was covered or one was shed. Yeah. And those were not happening. And and so let's be clear about a couple of things when it comes to that one. What I do see is pre-snap recognition. He's reading the correct side of the field that he's supposed to go to based upon what the defense says. He's just taking the wrong option on that side of the field. Mm-hmm. Like typically... When we talk about there was one instance, if you if you if you watch this with watch the film on Monday, I pointed out a specific play where he went to shed up the left side. And if he had just come to the second read coming up the middle, Colby Hudson had that safety beat easily. Yeah, he put mm. his foot in the ground and right. he just stunk mm. beautiful. It, it was yeah. the correct side of the field to make the read too. He just did the wrong option on that side. So what's clear is that. He's taking his pre-snap read and he's predetermining, okay, this is the side I'm going to go to, but he's also predetermining which guy he's going to throw it to. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he has this unearned confidence that Shedrick Jackson needs to be the guy that he's going to throw it to. I think part of that is because we have Shed lined up as the specific person that's going to get soloed on most of those things. So right. again, right. that goes back yeah. to me. So coaches putting people in the right positions to be able to do the stuff that they're asking them to do. Shed right. just doesn't seem to be that guy. Shed can actually be a decent, you know, comeback route runner or mm-hmm. a guy who's going to run some some over the middle of the field stuff if he can figure out, you know, figure out like how He's to take a hit. He's the receiver Bo checks down to. Correct. Right. He can be that yes. guy. He just can't be your one-on-one jump ball, go out there and make a play for me guy. And if you're going to put him in that position, then I have to look at, Cornelius Williams, what are we doing? 
Why are you putting Shedrick in the position to run this particular route on these play calls? Mike Bobo, when you know Shedrick is part of the package, why are you lining him up here? Move him somewhere else because he doesn't need to be that guy. So I have to ask who's making the decisions in those situations. But again, it ultimately will come back to Bo Nix. Great. You've made the right read pre-snap, post-snap. What does it tell you that you need to do? Who's going to be the guy open based upon what you're doing with that safety? What's happening with all this other stuff? He has to make that decision better. But I think that that's correctable stuff. The question, again, still proceeds. All right, great. If you make the right read, can you make the throw? Throw, yeah, that's it. Listen, throwing the ball with touch has been an issue for both, right? And it looked like it got better week one, and then it turned out, you know, under the lights, you know, in the whiteout, that it, it had it was not. As a matter of fact, it looked like it regressed. You know, one mm-hmm. to ten on throws twenty yards, and, and like I said, none of those balls looked they, they were barely catchable. Some of them were absolutely not catchable. So, you know, the fact that we kept throwing those passes was concerning because uh uh conversely, on the other side of the field, Penn State didn't let Clifford do that. Right. Because it's a weakness for him, too. So they limited him to only five of those throws. We doubled it up and only completed one pass. I think they got two of theirs. So um, uh, were you going to get to that super chat? Yeah, I was was. going to comment right here. Yeah, I was going to comment on that one, right? I I am Hop mentioned uh, number five, Hudson, 17. Canyon and 80 Capers are our best bets. Difference between 10 and 2, 8 and 4, or 7 and 5. I'm just eager to see what those guys can do because we've seen glimpses of it before. It's not like we haven't seen these guys play before. We know what they can do. We've been looking forward to seeing what they can do. The guys who are in front of them have not really shown, particularly, you know, as it pertains to Jackson. I just want to see what these guys can do given the chance. Right. Yeah. We have one other one. I don't know if you guys saw this one. Please give me proof that Finley is better. I don't know that there's proof that exists. Yeah, right. (laughs) But but again, we, we don't know until you put him under the lights and we see. A lot of people would have said the same thing about Jarquez Hunter until you saw it. Right. Yeah. But so the difference here between Jarquez Hunter and those guys is he showed it in practice. Like the 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 reports out of practice where Jarquez Hunter was out there doing. That's true. And right. He right. Supposedly only missed time in the scrimmages because of the protocol. So. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I, yeah. Quarterback is a little bit of a different beast, man. Like I I just think. You Agreed. Know, the end, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day. Um, you got to give Finley, you know, he went out in his second game and threw two, he only threw two passes, but they were really good looking passes. Yeah. So, you know, this that's why I'm stressing this week, you get him out there, kind of see what you got. And Finley, let him play three quarters if the game is out of hand by the second quarter. And to be fair, I, I think I also want to bring up the fact that this was, if guys are coming out, you're you're establishing a new culture, a new regime, you say... Here are my rules. Here's how we're going to operate. Do what I say do, and we're all going to get along. If they are rewarding the guys who most stuck to the script in the offseason and fall camp, Mm. I have no problem with riding with those guys to at least give them the shot because they did what you said to do. They practiced a certain way. And, I mean, there was some uh, chatter about that's why the guys who we thought would be starting a wide receiver weren't starting. And I don't have any idea if that's valid or not. But what I do know is I understand why you ride with the guys who bought in the most. That makes sense to me. Right. What right. we want to know now is when the guys who bought in can't cash in, what are you going to do? 
Are you yeah. going to bench the guys who were the the beacons of light as far as the examples being set in their position groups and on their side of the ball for a guy who now again I'm assuming that the guys who were loafing before aren't loafing anymore because some guys may have not gotten what they thought they were going to get and they start pouting and you know they on the team they showing up because they know they're going to get in trouble if they don't show up on time but have they corrected that attitude? Has that been adjusted? Because if it hasn't been and you're just over there pouting because you're not on the field, then maybe the coaches see that and they're like, listen, man, you don't have the right attitude. Right. It's a right. team sport. We want you to operate a certain way. So there's more than just who's the best ball catcher and route right. runner. And sure. they he still year one, he has to establish this culture and he has to stick to it. That's just it's very important that he keep his word. He told some people that were projected to be starters, yeah, man, listen, we ain't for all that stuff. You can go find another team. Right. And they had to go find another team. So if he's willing to do that to people who have been here two years, if you've been here one or you just got here, you don't. Dreshawn Miller said, I'm going to the league, and he's not even playing. Well, that's yeah. why I'm stressing. I think Malcolm Johnson has proven it that he's willing to work hard. He deserves those. Re- to me, right. You put you turn on the tape again. I I don't care about none of that. I didn't see practices. I don't know. Turn on the film. Malcolm's out there working. Right. Malcolm's yeah. definitely a better talent at wide receiver. I think he deserves the reps and the ball being thrown in his direction and the ball being thrown to him. <laughs> right. Not to go so, out there and block and run routes to you know, on, or against air for three quarters. Yeah, I think he don't deserves. Ball the ability of the chance to go out there and do that. I gotta say this. I gotta <clears> say <throat> last point, Mike. Last point before we do our predictions. Go ahead. Yeah, I gotta say this, right? Um to Ike's point about stuff that's correctable with Bo, about how you see the field, totally correctable. But I just want to tell you, some I have exactly zero faith that he's going to suddenly develop touch midseason. Yeah. Right. A lot I, of QB gurus say you either got it or you don't. Yeah, yeah, that's work. That's work that's done in the offseason. Not in the middle of the season is he going to start suddenly putting the right amount of air under the ball. That's 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 a pipe dream. So, if you if he's going to stay the ball stuff was just weird though, bro. Like, you didn't yeah. see that for 2 weeks and then the third game all of, I was just yeah. like, what what yeah. was that? Yeah, listen. Yeah. It, you know, what, what's going to happen is is that if you're going to play him, then you have to understand again what his strengths and weaknesses are and you have to call plays and manage a quarterback based mm-hmm. on it. And if he goes out there and he does something different than what you told him to do, you bench him. That's it. So if you tell him to cut the crap on the 20-yard bombs that he can't hit and he goes out there and throws it anyway, you bench him. I was very impressed with how Penn State managed Clifford. They kept him inside of himself. And let me tell you, so many throws he had that didn't even travel five yards through the air. They just kept him where he could make plays. Uh, We got to do the same thing with Bo if he's going to be our, our quarterback. Well, it helps when our secondary was giving them everything they wanted, right? Yeah, true. Well, let's, guys, let's get to it. I mean, there's no chance Georgia State wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, What's, I don't the, score? Score, What's the score? Uh, I don't know. A bunch of stuff to a lot, not very much. Uh, 55 to 10. Mm. 50. Wow. Shut out. Shut out. 51 Shut 0. Out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to one up B and I'm going to go. I think this is our second straight, our third, our third 60 point game. I think they hang 60 on Georgia State. 
because they can't stop them. Uh, I see a lot of quick scores, you know, long runs, 50, 40 yard touchdown runs. This should be, we should beat this team like a drum and they should not be able to move the ball on us at all. They already can't throw. So if yeah. they can't run, they they don't have an offense. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, really so, hard for them to move the ball. Yeah, it should be hard. I'm going 56-0. Yeah, I'm going okay. 60 I'm the only person zero. giving them a chance to score some points. Okay. Oh, no. yeah, what, uh, what's, what's yours, Mike? I'll go 62-0. 62-0. What was yours again, Ike? 55-10. 55-10. Which, again, I don't really care. Nothing wait, wait, wait. We're trying to use the score predictions as... 63-0. 63 I'm just asking if it's going to be like a tiebreaker. I mean, I get... No, 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 no. That don't make no sense, no. Yeah, wait, we wait. Can't, we can't the, do that too particular. Uh, 63 0. I don't know why I said 62. 63 0. I mean, we had 62 earlier. So yeah, it's nine, it's nine touchdowns. I'm just saying, oh, straight up nine touchdowns. Okay. No field goals. No field goals. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, okay. Will you be disappointed if we kick any field goals this game? Yes. No field goals, man. Mm. Come out. Go out there and crush them. Crush them. Don't get stopped. There's zero reason for us to get stopped on any play in this game. We should have zero negative plays in this game. No sacks, no negative rushes. Nothing. We're gonna we're gonna definitely have some negative plays in this game. One hundred percent is gonna happen. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't want to. Gonna My one was perfection. Side so bet. Perfection. Yeah, I, I do. I do, man. Like, I do even if, even if even if we got all these new moving pieces, perfection. Right, right. But <laughs> but like, so it's got to be negative plays. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Right. I'll tell you what, if we have zero negative plays, I will give go. away a fourth t-shirt. <laughs> right? That and, is and, a and that counts bitch. A, a stop for a stop for no no gains does not count as a negative play. No, I agree. It's it has got, got negative yardage. Yeah, negative, it's yeah, gonna right. happen. Yeah. A sack yeah, yeah, counts yeah. as a negative play, by the way. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We it's should not have happen. any of that in this game, man. It it's should all happen. be it's gonna happen in the first three drives. I really hope I have to give away four T-shirts on Saturday. That would hey, be listen, amazing. It'd be be amazing. A shutout and no negative plays means that that was close to flawless football played by our team. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the stats from Auburn right after. <laughs> so scan down and see if it's says negative anywhere. Which which will will how many we'll three and outs? Sure. How many three and outs again? I I think it should be zero three and outs. And it should be zero. Our 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 running backs are averaging a uh, a whole half the field per run <laughs> it should not get stopped in this game and uh but i'll tell you the thing that, to watch on defense listen 17 on penn state beat troxel like he stole something it was it was tough to watch our our tackles had a rough game against penn state and so while while bo did have ample time to throw on a lot of plays there was still pressure he could feel because those guys were getting beat so bad no, and I can't put that on Bo. I mean, those guys, I mean, 17 was just wreaking havoc against Austin Troxel. He's got to play better or they got to figure something out over there. I mean, if you're watching the tape, you're attacking him. You're taking your best pass rusher and you're lining him up against Troxel. Or you're blitzing through uh, on, on that side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. We've got to fix that. That's going to be a problem uh, as we get into the rest of this top 25 schedule we got left. Carter says, does the penalty count, Mike G? No, no. Penalty doesn't count. Facts, and, facts or not, Carlson has three plus field goals against Georgia State. Oh, God, I hope, not. I hope not. I'm gonna go nah. I'm gonna go heck nah. I hope <laughs> not. Let's see Finley, man. Let's see what he could do. Uh, it, it's it's time. It's time for us to see Finley a little bit and, and figure out what we have um, before we need it. Injuries happen. 
things happen. I just, I just want to see Finley. You know, I, he, I think he's prepared well. I think that he's trained hard and tried hard, and I think he's put the work in. All accounts are that he's put the work in. So whether he's there or not, you know, nobody's there until they're there. He had he had just a rough uh, freshman campaign as Bo had at times, and he only plays five or six games, you know, in a COVID season. <laughs> right? So, you know, I give, give cut this kid some slack. And just, you know, put him out there. If he can't get it done, he can't get it done. We go back to Bo. It is what it is, right? I just think it's likely that we see a quarterback change for the end of the season if all things stay the same. Before we get out, I want to give love to Shanker, man. Shanker was steady, dependable. Hey, my man, yeah. All Bo's passes, 20 yards or in, were laser darts, and they were good. And... Shanker caught every one of those things, man. He they is did. dependable. I'm glad to see speaking, the tight end get some love. Speaking, speaking of Shanker, we have a tight end with 10-plus receiving, 10-plus uh, catches this year. And the first time since? 2014. 2014. 2014. Seven-year seven drought is over. We have a tight end three games in over 10 catches. So but that's things been are a hallmark different of Parsons' offenses, right? Like you're going mm-hmm. to get the tight end involved. So that, that's 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 refreshing to see. For those of you still watching, please be sure to share this video on your social media using hashtag get your weight up. We appreciate that. And on your way out, if you haven't already, please like this video. And if you haven't subscribed, what are you doing? Please subscribe to our channel so you'll be updated on our content when it releases. You can also find us on social media at The War Report. That's Twitter and Instagram. And if you're a TikToker, we are T at TW Rapport. That's it for now. Guys, we will see you this weekend. Of course, you got betting will be wheel dropping soon, as well as facts or nah. So stay tuned for that. But until then, guys, have a great rest of your week. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle.